We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast, Newcastle have drawn 2-2 at Southampton, live on Southampton TV, otherwise known as Sky Sports. Um, You know, plucky underdog Southampton. Um, you know, dominated the game according to Sky and the won, won the two two draw. Yeah, we've snatched a point. Apparently. Snatched a point against the odds. Sai, how how are you feeling right now? Tell the listeners how you feel. What like five minutes after the final whistle? Yeah, um, good, <laughs> yeah. good. Which is which is mental because obviously if you if you'd won back two hours, I would have been I would have taken two two all day. But it's just the way in which we've we've. We've kind of they've, they've not had a chance. No, we have not had a chance. We're we throwing away two points the way the way it's played out. Uh, we, I thought I mean, we didn't dominate the game, but we certainly controlled it. Um, we let them have the ball, as you say, they did. Now Robert Lee's not made a save, um, and we just we got our goals well, and we, we deserve to be ahead. We absolutely deserve to be ahead, and they were under no real danger, and then uh, out of nowhere, we've just we've just thrown it away, and it's it's a catalogue of errors Lejeune doesn't need to make the tackle but he's kind of left oh, we're getting into a lot, a lot of things now <laughs> yeah, just kind of rushing ahead there. I think um, for me the the kind of 15 minutes before half time they were on top they had, I'll say they had no chances they had a couple of chances but Rob Elliott has not had to make a save well he did have to make a save and he let it in more on that later Ben you were watching the game with you you were very much an advocate of you thought were maybe a little bit defensive at the end even though it was all us we were defensive. Time. We were just time wasting and not really pushing when they they had absolutely nothing. I mean, we were got into some great positions towards the end, and we've we've uh, let them away with it. Really, we've given them a point where they've. I think we, we could have taken all three. Um, we got into some, as I say, great positions, and it was just. But I mean, I suppose they they were hanging on for day life as well for their point. But uh, I just feel like we we could have if. Just pushed on and, and nicked it. It feels like a defeat, doesn't it? It does. It's not a defeat. It's a good point away from home in the Premier League. Remember, this is a Newcastle team. This is a Newcastle as a club who've just for years and years and years now have just been dog shit away from home. Yeah. And everyone here listening will remember that what three one four nil four nil Hammerins we've taken mm. down there. Carver, probably more. On yeah, Carver asking people for fights and stuff, and we've gone there today and we're with a better team. Um, you know, we had we had more chances. Uh, we hit the bar. Bit of a weird way it came about, but we've hit the ball. We've had one cleared off the line. There's none of that for them, and uh, you know it's frustrating listening to that commentary there. Just like it was like Southampton TV, everything they talked about, like even at the final whistle, it was like, well, it's the Newcastle fans you can hear singing, but Southampton, thank God they've got their two goals at home. Like you can see why. I mean, 
Southampton aren't a joke as well, by the way. They're tenth. They're one play. Well, they're one point and one place behind her. Mm-hmm. Um, before today, they'd only conceded seven goals in seven games. So they've got some good players. They've got internationals in every position. They're a, a quality um, Premier League outfit that have been around for a long time and hit someone that we have potentially looked to sort of um, replicate in terms of the way the way the clubs run, but. Today there was only one winner. I don't, I don't, I don't know how we've we've not won that game. Yes, I. It was a great. I mean, great start. We we saw Newcastle set off Southampton for the first like I think we were laughing. I think it was like two minutes forty before Lejeune headed the ball out for a throw. <laughs> and that was our first bit of possession. <laughs> um, but but I, I think would you agree we started that we actually started the game past that point on the front foot. We did. We, I mean, we literally let them burn themselves out for about three minutes. There was that header, and then. They're just kind of passing it around and getting nowhere near the box. I mean, I think maybe they put that one ball in for uh, Lejeune, but yeah, I think we'll we'll let them kind of say, right, lads, what you got? What what have you got for you? Not much, right? Okay, we'll we'll see what we can do, and we just kind of started pushing them. And um, I thought I thought especially in the first half, Perez and you know, somehow Richie and Atsu were both fit enough to play again today. And it was just it was just the same thing that we've seen in the in the other three games we've won so far this season. There was good build up playing. We're just so much more effective and so much more efficient on the ball like getting into dangerous positions and yeah we, we haven't had that many chances but we, all the chances we had were, were of a higher kind of quality we were the more threatening team throughout and we got, we got a great goal that we deserved after was it 20 minutes? Something like that Ben yeah, yeah um, you know Hayden's inclusion raised some eyebrows um, particularly on social media um, obviously Kind of, just, I thought he had a good game overall. Um, he, he was a bit before the goal. He was a little bit too negative, as we were saying. But that goal and after that, I thought he was good. But the goal itself, would you agree with Sai? It was kind of it was coming. Um, I don't know. Like for what for, for our first one? Yeah, I don't know if it was coming. It was sort of the first real chance. Would would well, I don't even know. You call it a chance necessarily. I mean, the Atsu one, obviously. They've, they've blocked it well, but I think it's it's the way we've we've come to expect it. We hadn't really done a lot before that, but we're, every game this season we've we've let them have the ball for the first twenty minutes, and then after that sort of first period, we've then come into the game and, and generally done done something. So um, I mean, it was a great strike by him. I mean, there was a couple of obviously Green Street was there, and I think yourself were criticising Foster for it. Um, I think the position where he is, he's, he's committed himself for the first. The first initial effort, and he's he's trying to get his feet back. I, I don't think you really blame him, um. But it was a great strike. But I just felt like, as you've already said, they they didn't really offer anything. They've got two goals out of nothing. Aye, um, yeah, it was a great strike and fantastic for that away in there. Uh, absolutely buzzing for everybody because it's just been such a good goal to watch live. Um, you know, and it's it's really good technique. And Hayden showed last season with his goal against Cardiff and. And a few other times, I think particularly against Reading at home, when he does get forwards in those positions, he is actually a really good, yeah. capable technical player. You know, he's 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 good. He's got good passing. He can shoot really well. We just don't really, probably for a variety of reasons, including tactical, don't see that enough of him. Um, but like you know, like Ben said, I mean, so let's talk about Iose Perez. We were very critical in the first half. <laughs> we always are. It's- it's a hard, hard player to watch in this sort of game because when when our possession stats are so low and he's only getting two or three touches a game, we need we need them to be effective. But I thought he was. I thought he was. Um, he was. He, he, it it always makes you think back to Brighton last year. Um, he was hardly in the game at all. But when he came on and when he 
when you know he got his chance, he took it. And you always think that no matter how little of the ball he's got or when nothing's happened for it, with him on the pitch, you've got a chance of him, of him just showing up and scoring a goal. And that's the only thing he's been missing so far this season. I think his work rate has improved massively. He was doing it again. He was coming back in. He's winning the ball. And I think all he's needed really for his confidence was that goal, and he and he got it. And I think, I think we might see a few more from him now because he's he's starting to play a bit more positively. Um, I, I know what you mean about the frustration. He, he's simply just, he was just giving the ball away so much in the first half, um, using possession quite badly. And I think you said to him, he, he actually did really well at one point when we we're bringing the ball out from a set piece, and he beat he beat his man quite comfortably. He beat like three men, but then tried to beat two more. And yeah, put a straight back in it in it difficulty. Um, we, we were so deep, which is not where you want Perez. But you don't want Perez picking the ball up on the edge of our box, which he was, and trying to run ten yards and losing it. It's frustrating if he loses the ball on the halfway line. You, you kind of need him to be a bit, bit further up the pitch. And as as we got back into the game, he was, and we, we started seeing a bit more of what we kind of need. It's him that you, you don't mind him trying that in their final third, but you yeah. don't want to do it in our yeah. third. Just and then visit. you know, half time comes and he scores the goal, which is an excellent goal. It's a really good finish. There isn't much of the goal to actually aim at because there's a massive keeper in the way. Very similar, and it's, it kind of tells me a little bit, or suggests that it's a, it's probably a better goal than it seems because he did the exact same thing at QPR. So it's not like you get lucky with the rebound, you get lucky with the shot. Well, he's done it before at QPR when he went away from home last season. So like you said, absolutely fantastic to see him on the score sheet. He got hooked fairly shortly after, um, but it was a really nice move actually for that goal. And it was just, that's probably what... It almost felt like that. This is what good teams do. It's like I remember, like years ago, when we used to play Man U or, or, or a big team like that. Even away from home, if we get a goal, like go one nil up straight or get an equal, they just score straight away. Um, I'm thinking of Man United or Trafford away when Martin scores and yeah. we're going fucking tits in the away end, and while we're still celebrating, Fletcher scores, and you're just like, oh, that's what it felt like from us to them because, like you are saying, we were the dominant force in the game without the ball, but in terms of um, dictating play, looking dangerous on the counter attack, being good in possession. Um, we just give away such, such, such soft goals. Ben, the first goal, uh, I, I, I'm not going to do it, so maybe one of you do it. Should Rob Elliott save it? It's just a disgrace. Like, mm. I mean, it's frustration, frustrating from the players, the, the outfield players as well. I mean, Mankiw, to be fair to him... He does stick does tight with them. Yeah, he does everything he can in terms of... He stays he with the back, runner, he pushes, him. pushes him inside, yeah. and you think, no bother, like pushing him into other players, but nobody else really comes out there to take the ball off him and would let him get a scuffy little shot off and it just seems to roll it like rolling. It's not a, a good strike and Elliot's just beaten far too easily. He, he should be. He, that just shows he doesn't, you always go on about it, it just shows a keeper that doesn't have footwork. Doesn't you, move if his you've feet. Got, if you've got the footwork there, you get yourself in a position where you, you're covering everything off and it just well, doesn't have that. We well, haven't watched any replays, so this might be total bollocks, but what it seems like is he doesn't change his um, footwork or standing position, Rob Elliot, from when... Um, thingy from the what's it called Gabbiadini literally moves up and around the box yeah, he, outside for a shot and he's ball watching he doesn't actually move he, it's just such a it's just like it rolls into the bottom of the net it's the same as Shakiri last week obviously that was hit much harder not last week whenever I fucking played Stoke yeah. weeks ago it's not in the corner it's not it's not struck particularly like unbelievably yeah. like I think he should have done better on Coutinho's but I can strike, is it? I can live with the Coutinho one because it's like I think he should I think a better keeper saved it but it's not like a a huge error that today is a goalkeeping error though like Ben says it's not solely down to him but it's a goalkeeping error once yeah. again like how many times are we going to get stung for goalkeeping errors this season we can't afford, like we don't concede that goal easy said now probably win that game 1-0 because before half time um, I, didn't th- I actually didn't think we played well after the goal I thought we were too deep 
And I thought, we, we were saying, like, what are the, about 40 minutes, it was like, what are we actually doing? The amount of times we're giving the ball away, we must have given away five or six fouls in the way of, like, Scottie, four minutes in and around the penalty area. It's like, lads, it's all they've got. They only have set pieces. Why are you continually giving away niggly fouls? So I, I think we kind of lost control a little bit there, but we got into half-time, we were comfortable again in the second half, and we'll concede that fucking goal, and it's just like, when's the penny going to drop? And you know what, maybe Cardalo's shite, I don't know, but he, he, he did all, he did well. In fact, he played really well. He was a fan favourite for most of last season. Some of Rob's kicking today was just... Just terrible. Um, <laughs> but it didn't cost me. It felt like he'd been told, like, would do best when we don't have the ball, Rob. So just, <laughs> just make sure we don't have the ball. Every yeah, time you kick get it back to them. The other team. Yeah, but a really, a really poor goal. But like we said, Sai, we'll, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go on the, you know, we'll go up the pitch. We'll score almost straight away. And did you think at that point only one winner? Um, it felt like it. It felt like it, if you're good enough to to take the lead and then to have a setback and concede a goal, but then to immediately just go right, we'll just score again then. We've never had that, especially away from home. Like it just felt like well, this is our day. We've, we've absolutely done it here, and it, it's it. At no point for the next maybe 20, 20 minutes of the match did I think, oh, we're gonna we're gonna let this slip here because it just didn't feel like we we're, they were getting anywhere. If anything, we looked like we're gonna catch them on the break. We'll put Gale on, we'll put um, Murphy on as well a bit later, and if anything, we just we'll have we'll have a threat to kind of right. We'll let them we'll let them press up the pitch and then we'll we'll catch them. And we kind of nearly did a couple of times and then again. It was a it was a Gale chance, wasn't it? Gale was up the other end of the pitch, running at the box, and then out of nowhere, we've just somehow been been caught. I, d- I don't even know. I wouldn't even say on the break. They just they broke forward <sighs> and a couple of goal. couple of couple of like ricochets, and suddenly they had it's had more. Sells goes in for a, a tackle and just bottles it really. That he just needs to be smashing it, going through the player and making sure the ball fucking. Goes like yeah. or, give, or give considering they're, they're on a fucking counter attack, give away, give yeah. away the foul there. Like I know I'm saying, don't give away niggly free kicks. That wouldn't have been a niggly free kick. Yeah. I totally agree with you, Ben. That's for for all the praise he's had this season, for, not just from us, from many much of the fan base, from the media. That wasn't good enough from it from it, the captain. It was a soft, yeah. soft tackle, unfortunately. And he's put Lejeune under unnecessary pressure, and what happened next? Obviously, and it happened. I want to talk about Lejeune's performance in more depth later, but. I, uh, you're you're probably more sympathetic towards him side than I am, for the pen. Well, it's it's a needless challenge, but I'm just I'm just looking at it in real time. You just thought, oh, Lejeune's definitely getting to that, and you just couldn't believe that the pen came of it because, I mean, I think Shane Long knows exactly what he's doing. He's got there. He's he's not he's he's going too fast, and the ball's going too far away from him from to do anything with it. So that's why Lejeune shouldn't even make a challenge. But he's just he knows what he's doing. He's put his toe on the ball. The ball's almost out of play before Lejeune makes contact. But Lejeune makes contact. He just kicks it. It's one of them. You just he, wish he'd he like, literally he just pulled out of it because that's the sort of thing where Long probably uh, dies. But, but Long, Long's got there first in order to win the penalty, so he's kicked the ball out of play. Mm-hmm. So he's made contact with the ball to allow if Lejeune touches in there, then it's a pen. And it's just a bit of naivety, maybe, or a bit of inexperience from Lejeune. He's kind of been done, but just, it was a nothing chance. It was a bad ball in a Long that he was trying to recover and just L- to get a Long, out of it. I cannot tell you what Shane Long did in that game nah. apart from that chance, like. He was so quiet, you know, compared he's put to a, put Newcastle to the sword many times. They're just between them. The only players who really gave her any problems are were Gabbiadini, obviously, because he scored twice. Um and Tadic, probably the rest of them were just non entities in attacking force. You can see why Southampton struggled to score, but back to the penalty incident, it was just like we 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 are a good team. We're we're good at what we are what we do, we're good at being compact, we're good at being tight. We're not going to score three times often away from home. 
so I can't afford to be conceding two of the softest goals that yeah. we'll give away this season. And it's just, it's so it, that that I don't know why I feel so negative. And it's like five, well, it's 15, 20 minutes now after the game. But that that's a good point, and I can see that's a good point. I just wish it would be so much easier if Southampton have scored two really good goals or two just goals that like just normal goals that you concede, not shit soft goalkeeping error and defensive error goals like that. I mean, again, you have to blame Lejeune a lot more than Lascelles, but I'm still really disappointed with mm-hmm. Lascelles's um, failure to to even just give away a foul there when when we're under so much pressure. Um, out, out, like a lot of players out of position. The Adlam was up the field. That, I mean, they had a two on one against him. That's why he's got to re- he's got to realise he can't allow that ball to stay in play, and he, yeah. he did, and we've paid for it. And then again after that, I don't, I don't. Can you recall a single Southampton chance after they got the equaliser? Despite Sky Southampton TV, sorry, making out it was some sort of like really, relentless assault on my goal. They had the one where Bertrand just smashed it across goal and and, and good saved it and. and Palmed it out into sort of the middle of the box, but it goes straight to Shelby. That's the one yeah. real it was, it was end to end, in as much as there was a lot of goal kicks being taken by both <laughs> keepers. Like the, the the Sky Southampton commentators were just talking about it like it was some sort of end to end, like someone was going to get a winner. When really a two two, it felt like the game was over. The last mm-hmm. ten minutes kind of well, fizzled out. We had we had a couple of good chances at we, the end. We, we should have won it again. Like it wasn't. That's not how it was being put across, was it? Ben, you were getting frustrated while watching it with Dwight Gale. You think he's um, be offering more when he comes not, on? Not with him. It's just the way it. I, I'm frustrated for him really because he comes on and just this is probably the fourth or fifth game now where he's come on and literally hasn't hasn't had a kick. Yeah. And it's just it's a way it, the, the poor lad's just wasting his energy. I think he, came he did on. have one kick and it was a terrible pass to Shelby. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he, that he, so there was that opportunity and there was the one where for the goal after for their before their pen he had a really good run where he he sort of beat two or three players ran it into the corner and then. Um, obviously, the rest takes care of itself for that. But it was just um, we didn't yes, was, we didn't get a foothold in the game. That's the frustrating thing was especially with Shelby Marino on the pitch. It was the exact right sub though at the right time when when he came on. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean we, we, were, we, we were pushing them back and putting them under pressure. And they, I, were, they, were, they were they were we were calling for. I mean, Hosolu was really ineffective today for for most of the game, and it was it was the right decision. It's just yeah. I feel like we should have been better on the ball. We had. The two best play ball playing players on the on the pitch in Marino and in Shelby, and I just feel like how it's, we couldn't get the ball in. You, you know what's get, strange? We almost look more threatening with just Dwight Gale and the three, because obviously he takes off Perez and brings off Marino. Yeah. They didn't really seem to be a suggestion that Marino was playing a number ten. He was he was yeah. he was, he was, was Shelby had moved on a bit further forward. Yeah, but. so it was weird how threatening we did look. I mean, I know the game was straight. It wasn't end to end like Sky was suggesting, but it was stretched. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's quite pleasing for the future. But then I suppose we did have a lot of chances at the end across the ball in the box and there was no one in really. Yeah. Sai, do you think that Raf has probably been a little bit stubborn with this one striker on the bench policy? And I totally agree there. I would have been clamouring for Dwight Gale. You're 2-1 up. They're going to have to throw men forwards. He's got, he will get a chance to score. But do you think that maybe... Maybe maybe it wouldn't have changed anything because he's not going to bring on another striker. But do you think perhaps Mitrovic might have been a better shout because of because of what happened in terms of taking off Perez, because we failed to hold the ball up, so kind of when Gale went off, um, Hustler went off. Yeah, you're you're asking to kind of predict the way the, the way the way the game's going to go. The way the game. It's, was, I suppose like should, but should he be giving himself more options on the bench than just than just one striker? I don't think so. He started this game with with Marino, Murphy, and Gale on the bench. If we need to change things, that's enough options to change things round. 
um, having the option to kind of change it twice and have another striking option doesn't seem necessary to me. It's probably more risky when you saw like Yedlin probably could have, you know, on another day maybe got two yellow cards and been sent off. You need, yes. you need, you need defensive substitutions far more than you need attacking ones in, in, in case something goes wrong and things always go fucking wrong for us. Aye. I suppose I mean, the on, on the, as, a, as another sub would be would be a luxury, so I, I'm not that asked. Keep an eye out, lads, for Rafa coming on, because I'll pause this. Yeah, um, yeah I just like I just felt I, I love Dwight, Dwight Gull more than anyone. You know how much I love him. I think he's got. I think he should start. I can see why he doesn't. I just felt, I just felt he was a little bit... I don't know, something wasn't right when he came on, and it's, it must be frustrating for him because he wants to make runs in behind, he wants to play on the shoulder, then we'll concede and we'll very clearly almost accept the point despite the little flourish at the end. But he's almost, and it's a little bit like Perez, he's almost just kind of a waste of a shirt. Is that too harsh? He's, like like Perez, he's desperate to get his goal because he wasn't passing. He had good chances to lay his, his teammates in and he just was trying to find a way to shoot himself because that's what you do when you're the second-choice strike. You try and... You're trying mm. to score goals. That's what Mitrovic used to do whenever he got a chance. Like instead of being selfish, he'd probably make more of an impression on Rafa if you make the right decision and pass the ball. But I think you're right. I think the goals kind of killed the, his chance for the 30 minutes of of play he was going to get. The the goal came out of nothing, and it just changed everything. And it meant that suddenly, before before they scored because we were ahead, Southampton were having to push back and starting to commit players forward. That's when Gale was going to yeah. take advantage and we kind of we kind of robbed him of that by conceding such a stupid goal. Yeah, uh, you know Sky Foreman. Uh, there'll be a parliamentary inquiry soon into why wasn't Deand- DeAndre Yedlin sent off the disgrace <laughs> Ben? Yeah. Do you even know what the first booking was for? Does anyone know what the first booking was for? Because I think he got booked, and I didn't even think it was, it was a foul. That, it was that one where it was we thought it was a throw in, and he took the guy out on the and we they gave a free kick. Um, they, they took it quickly. They fit in the time. Um, oh, you got booked for that? Yeah. Absolutely nothing. That's a good point. If he's taking it quickly when the ref intends to book the player, mm. surely you guys know, I'm, hang on, I'm, I'm dealing with this. I don't understand how oh, yeah. he's gone back and booked him retrospectively yeah. when they've took the free kick. Just paid, paid, played the advantage for them. Yeah. I mean, but, do, do, you th- do you think, Ben, it was it should have been a second yellow? Do you think we've been very lucky there? As, as, as the commentators it was, it like, was, it talked set, about it constantly. It was a yellow, but as you say, I don't know that the first one was. So, And likewise, I think Gabby Dini's lucky not to get sent off. He gets a booking in the second half for kicking the ball away. Well, he could have been booked for... He's yeah. uh, he's kick at um, Yedlin, but we've got a free kick for, and then he just like shoulder barges him on the way past. Like yeah. that's a yellow card in itself. So that, the, the, no one will talk about that, but but that's for me. That's the same same type of thing. Um, yes, Yedlin probably could have gone, but bothered he wasn't. So crack on. It's not really. It's yeah. just, it would. I, I don't think it's a massive. That I mean, yes, that they could have gone off, but they were that bad. I don't honestly don't think it would have it would have made real, any real difference. It would have just meant we probably had less of the ball, and we probably don't kick on and try and win it at the end. But what were you doing? yeah, uh, you've got to you've got to give credit to Yedlin, credit to Rafa, because we're all saying get get get, um, get Gamers on straight away, yeah. and he doesn't. He trusts him, and it's it, he did, to be fair, he didn't. He still and he still managed to yeah. make a defensive impact without committing himself into any silly ta- tackles or anything. So. He'd fair play when he kept well, his head. He saw the game well. was there to be won, so he chose to use his last sub to get Murphy on and see if we could see if we could nick something. I think as well, Yadlin's pace, like he, he he was getting forward at the end as well, and he he was creating that overlap all the time. So, um, like it it was the right decision in the end. He was justified in leaving him on. One of the things which impressed me most, like even at the end, was how much confidence the players had in the ball. You saw the likes of Yadlin Mankio running with the ball 20, 30 yards. I mean, just 
I mean, I, sub- I was going to say it's unknown from previous Newcastle teams. I suppose Daryl Matt did have a good attacking streak in him. But <clears throat> we just seem so comfortable in, in our own skin as a team um, that it bodes well for the future. And as I say, I, I keep going on about this Newcastle away from home thing. We've been so bad for so long away from home in the Premier League that it's just those signs are really, really encouraging. Um, like we said, we've come to Southampton and we're all feeling probably a bit less good now. It's been about half an hour. Nah. <laughs> no, it's still fuming. <laughs> that, that we've not won that game. And again, despite the kind of narrative of Sky, Southampton aren't in the bottom three. Southampton aren't Palace. Um, they've had a reasonable start of the season. They've probably lost some games. They haven't scored enough goals, anywhere near enough goals. But um, they're not a, they're not a, a side that Newcastle, a team like Newcastle, newly promoted should be going and, and putting a performance like that in because uh, it's, it's I don't know, it just feels weird that we were the better team and that was way better than Brighton. That's the positive thing, last away game Brighton and it's, what is it, what did I say? One defeat and six now in the Premier League. Listen to talk sport, I know, it's my own fault. Um, on the way to yours, Ben, to watch this, Newcastle are in poor form. Poor form, one defeat and six, ninth in the league. But, uh, it just, it, it does make you laugh that they come out with all of these when if you'd have asked all of them they'd have said, Oh, Newcastle will be bottom three. Yeah. Probably favourites to go down. Yet <laughs> there's still any any negative like um what's the word? Sort of um I don't know what, what I'm looking for here, but <laughs> and any sort of neg- negativity that can put um to, to against Newcastle they will. So like that they should be saying realistically, Newcastle are nine, like They've had some brilliant. They've won some games, which I bet a lot of them probably fucking Paul Merson every other week. Well, Merson would have won one point so far, and Lawrence would have won three. Yeah. So they've both been way off, and yet they'll still be criticising and saying, "Oh, like shit like that." That oh, we're we're, they've they've not we've not been very good though. It's like bollocks. Like you can't have it fucking both ways, you idiots. (laughs) Sorry, Lejeune came into the team, like we've said many times in the podcast. um, Being selected into national duty is often a mare. For your, for your place in the team and we said like you know Mankio got everyone's been talking about his performances for the under 21s well scoring some goals against some teenagers probably doesn't yeah. come into Rafa's thinking compared to like solid graft on the training ground yeah. um, but Lejeune for you do, do you think he's done enough despite his glaring error to, to stay in the team <laughs> oh, it's such a nightmare that penalty I really wish he hadn't done that because I thought he, <laughs> he did play really well um, I think we both said in the first half there was a little bit of a Maybe a lack of coordination between Lejeune, Lascelles, and Elliot because obviously it's a it's a new, new new defensive partnership. And but I think as as the game went on, they both looked very comfortable. And like I say, the the part the the, the two goals are mistakes. Yeah. Just mistakes, individual errors. Um, it's not really about the that reflective of their overall game. I thought it was good to have Lejeune's another player who's really confident and comfortable on the ball. Yeah. So he's a he's a good swap for Clark. Um. And to be fair, he was, he was getting forward after after being responsible for the goal. He, he kind of took some took some. Um, nice to see another massive threat from a set piece. Yeah, took some responsibility. You know? He was getting forward, but he's also like picking up the ball in defence and, and running forward ten yards and finding the pass. That's what we need in games like that. We need defenders to take a bit of responsibility and not just kind of offload the ball quickly and put it under pressure. And he's just a, he, he just looks a class act. He's he's better he's better than Lascelles and Clark at football. So he's got to start playing more games. Yeah, and I suppose for for all the criticism we've dished on him here for that ridiculous penalty, it is like is you know that was his first ninety minutes in English yeah, football. Yeah. Um, he's done well. I probably think even though the has done well, I probably think Clark Lejeune. I'd like they're, to see that. They're the, the best two, you would say, from yeah. what we've seen. I think they um, 
they definitely deserve to, to, to get the nod going forward but um, I don't know how rough I'll view that you might you might say well I've, I've had Clark and Lascelles in before that have done spot on had no issues when, when Clark's back from his, his international period you might think sticking back in well who knows what Rafa's thinking but um, personally, I, I would say Lejeune gives us a lot more options. He's a, a as you've just said, he's a better player. Um, especially the way we're playing, we need the defence to be good on the ball. And I think with Clark in there, you've you've got four a back four there that are comfortable taking the ball out, um, comfortable moving the ball um, when we're we're in deep. And I, I just think that that put put uh, Clark in that back four. That's the best. You're almost like in in my this is like the people who say Shelby should play ten in my fantasy world. <laughs> I see um, Lejeune playing with Mbemba. You just imagine yeah, how yeah. comfortable those two would be on the ball. Well, that's that's the, the funny one is Mbemba's a sort of forgotten man that keeps well, when he has played, he's been keeps him played there. fullback. Yeah. yeah, but like before the start of the season, well, start of the season, you would have, would have probably said Mbemba is should because he finished the, he finished got, last season in the team. Yeah, he's got all the physical tools to be a top defender. Yeah. His biggest issue is not being able to speak English, but if his partner is French, should be sorted. Yeah, so that options. It's nice to have options, isn't? It? I mean, Murphy came on and didn't really get a kick. Again, it probably wasn't what he was brought on for. Yeah. for that kind of defensive, um, defensive so, display. Yeah, the, the substitutes were made at a time when Rafa obviously thought we were really we're positive, gonna, weren't they? We're going to win this game here, and it, it took a gag not to win the game, and it's it's happened again. Yeah, Castle. there was that chance at the end, wasn't there, with um, Shelby and Gale, and it's like one of you just said. Please switch those two players. Yeah. We'll win that yeah. game. We don't need. We don't need Gale putting a through ball onto Shelby to run at you. He's being <laughs> weighed down with his bloody club hand. Like, <laughs> we needed it the other way around, ideally. And and the pass probably would have been in front of him if it was Shelby. Yeah, would have been able to pass the ball a bit better. Dwight's obviously not used to having the ball. Well, on, on the pitch. It, it's also Dwight's just thinking if I put this any more than three yards ahead of Shelby, he's just he's not, not going to get, get there. It, like yeah. <laughs> Fraser Car- Fraser Carmel, Fraser Foster <laughs> will come out like thirty yeah. yards away and still get there ahead of <laughs> Shelby. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. It's a weird one. It, it is a good point, and it's like you look at the, you look at the games we've lost and the disappointment at um, Huddersfield and Brighton. This was far more in the Swansea category. We probably, maybe, played better here um, than we did at Swansea. You know, Swansea had some bona fide chances, not many, but obviously Tammy Abraham with the Lascelles clearance and header that were clear cut chances they should have scored. I don't think they had any today. I know Tadic has a header in the first half, but again, I, I, don't, I didn't buy Sky's assessment that that was a guaranteed goal if he heads it back across. Um, there was no pace in the ball for a start. And it's Tadic. Is and it's Tadic, yeah. He's not, he's not Alan Shearer, rebirth, like reborn. Um, but yeah, I just think it's a good point. And Palace winning yesterday just fucks everything up for next week. Because we knew where we stood. We knew that next week a draw would have been a bad result pre-Palace winning that game it, it probably still is a bad result because you've got to you know we can't just keep drawing games that'll catch up with us eventually but I'll certainly take 2-2 two, two draws away teams in the top 10 of the Premier League which is what today was there aren't many you know you look at you look at the rest of the Premier League and I keep kind of half worrying about our position but you look at the teams below her there's no one below us who you think bloody hell like I mean Leicester and Everton are probably they're the two that they're, all, they're yeah. all struggling though I mean Everton have laboured to a 1-1 draw today they're, they're not playing Fair enough. If they were like battering teams and they were just like teams were just getting lucky against them, then fair enough. But they're not playing well enough to win these games, and yeah. and we're we're Leicester, playing better Leicester than they are. Probably good enough to put a run together, but yeah, I think what you're going to say there, Douglas, I, I can't see any of the rest of them teams putting a run together and, and kind of 
Start, you know, as long as we keep getting points like we have done in the last two games, you know, and then and then win, we should be winning the Palaces at home. But you know, why? Can I just ask why? Why do you think that's good enough to to do that? We've got players that cost thirty million quid. We don't. So they've got a striker that can't even get a game for <laughs> Slomani that they've spunked fortune on that doesn't play. They've got Jamie Vardy who is basically Dwight Gale. <laughs> like and they've lost Drinkwater and Kante that they're, they're winning midfield. Does, does Drinkwater play, ever play for Chelsea? Nah, he's just on the bench, isn't he? He'll probably play in the well. It's probably for the Champions League for their like English quota players or whatever. But um, it's just I I don't think Leicester are a good team. They never have been. If you if you play <laughs> never have hands, been won the league a couple no, of years ago. <laughs> if you play you play if you play last playing at their hands, teams have learnt that. And since since they won the league. Uh, two very average seasons. Yeah, Leicester will be get a sharp shock if they think they're going to play counter attacking football against us. Exactly. When when Rob Elliott's literally giving them the ball back yeah. <laughs> every thirty seconds, I said, "No, no, you have it, lads." So but, I just I don't see that they're a top. I mean, don't get us wrong; they're not going to get relegated, but they're a sort of top bottom half team. If yeah. you know what I mean. If we'd have won today, we would have gone in into sixth place, which it feels again it feels like an opportunity lost, but. Pre-game, as we said, to to draw any draw would have been a good, a good result. I just wish, um, you know, you look at the two goals today. You look at Brighton in the ridiculous free kick the cells gives away. When again, all Brighton, all Brighton had was set pieces in that second half or leading up to that goal. Um, that, that tackle was worse than Lejeune's. That that Lascelles tackle was so stupid. The, the lads facing away from goal, going nowhere. He just <laughs> smashes through the back of him. Yeah. At least, at least there was a threat when Lejeune's had to run over and cover for his teammate, who's, who's kind of let him through. But just, yeah, it's just stupid fouls have given away points. It's just dropped. I mean, maybe we're being overly harsh. Maybe every single year we concede, unless you're playing against Man City, everyone can always do something better. But it just feels a little bit like we've shot ourselves in the foot in in the last two away games, and when everyone's just desperate to see Newcastle do well, Newcastle win away from home, which happens so rarely. Like how many more opportunities are we going to give the opposition to get back into it? But I'm sure I'm sure that's been a little bit of, like overly harsh. Um, you know, many positives from today. You know, Hayden back in the team. I thought he played well after the goal. Great goal. You know, fantastic. Really good. Um, Perez gets a goal. Fantastic. You know, not changed the the title of this podcast because didn't win the game. But I thought he took, like I said earlier, took his goal really well, and he had a, a poor first half, but. Past that, he was he was very good in the second half. I thought he was maybe hooked a little bit early, unless it was tiredness. Considering he just he just scored, um, but you know, Marino did Marino did play really well when he came on. He hardly put a foot wrong. Obviously, since the last time we spoke, Ben Marino signed permanently. You're happy with that? Oh, brilliant! Unbelievable! Yeah, nine million in total. Let's say. Definitely. Yeah, it's great business. I mean, I think we all knew it was going to happen either that now or at the end of the season. It was just a matter of of when when we could officially get it done in terms of the, what the initial agreement was but um, yeah I mean ev- everyone's been delighted with the way that he's, he's come in and even again today when he came on he was br- brilliant he's just a class act and um, it, long long way we'll keep finding little gems like him uh, sitting in Dortmund's reserves or whatever you've got you've got to say like next week it's got to be Xavi Marino doesn't it yeah. against Palace like who knows because it's Rafa but it's got to be <laughs> Xavi Marino um, you know, against I mean the, Goodbye and MacArthur. The, the, as you just said before, though, in your fantasy dream world where Shelby plays a 10. The, <laughs> That's not my dream, that. Oh, right. Well, That's other people's fantasy. This, my, I'll, t- I'll claim it. <laughs> I think. Um, I thought we were, we were, with all three of them in midfield, we were very creative. That, that's what we I mean. Really is in in the, like... the last 10 minutes, there's only one winning. That's why I was a bit disappointed with that. 
those three were spot on. I mean, Shelby, it'll be interesting to see how Shelby would play in that role because he's when when he's in the the, the midfield too, he likes to come so deep that you you worry would he try and sort of become and drop in too deep as the from the ten role. Well, but he's not playing the ten role, no chance. But, but if I mean, well, it's not going to be Hayden, is it? So we're well, he's not going to play. He will play Perez next week. There's yeah. no, there's no way that Perez. But will that's play. what I mean. Is in that three. I mean, he's done it before, and you just feel like you've got three. Well, two in Marino and Shelby. However, you get them on the pitch, whether it's Hayden or Perez, whatever. As long as those two are on the pitch, you feel like they're going to dovetail well, and and we're going to have control of the ball. And that's just where my frustration with Gale came is that with those two on the pitch, it's just frustrating that Gale didn't get more balls in the feet or or at least attacking balls where he. He could could test the defense out because I mean, if you'd have put him against Yoshida, yeah, God yeah, we were up against a supposedly sixty million pound rated centre back a day, uh-huh. or seventy five million pound, and uh, I thought you know we created plenty, um, you know that I thought Mankio again deserves a lot of praise. He's playing on the wrong side. He's playing at left back, uh, very solid defensively. He had a good he had a good partnership with Atsu. When Richie switched to that side, Richie was more dangerous, and I think Yedlin had a good game as well. But Mankio is someone who just impresses me, um, you know, non-stop. And then Sai, you know, you were doubtful that the two wingers would play Atsu and Richie. Do you think it was another one? I think we've talked before Atsu away from home. He's not really the same player. Is he? The, is he the new win Yedlin though? He's, he does have a heart, so he's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think it's through lack of trying, but I think yeah, he, he doesn't get enough obviously away from home, especially with the amount of possession we seem to have in in this sort of game he doesn't he doesn't really get much time on the ball at all like Atsu's Atsu's best performances have come when he's had time to get the ball at his feet that's why he's been so good at home when we get him in space with, with, with space to run into but um, I don't know I think he was still he's still a threat I think Atsu and Richie I don't Rafa's done that brilliantly by the way just international break they both played too much football they're both mm. probably going to need some time off right straight back in the team particularly for, for the weird one I mean it would be. It's got to be infuriating if you're a Ghana fan because they were crucial World Cup qualifiers, yeah. Yeah. and he's played the game before and they play the game after. True. Um, I mean, I, I always like there to be competition. I don't want to think that anyone's undroppable, but for the first six games, Atsu was our best player, and it's like he yeah. has to play. But oh yeah, it's, absolutely it's, want him playing against I, Palace. I do want to see more of Jacob Murphy in in an ideal world. I'd like to see more of Orlando Arons as well, but. Um, it'd be harsh to criticise that two hundred days performance. He's still, he's still there. He's still making runs. He's still part of part of the build-up play. I thought Richie was good. Yeah, put a few good balls in. Obviously, he was involved. He, he had the initial shot for the Hayden goal. So yeah, yeah. He, he impacted the game, and that's what you want from your attacking players. Impact the game somehow. Yeah. And we've got Perez and Atu who maybe weren't always at the forefront of of our attacking play, but they were still impacting the game. And that's that's what it's about. Is that you've got to take your moments when you get them, take your chances. That's it, I think, lads. I don't think we've missed anything out unless you want to say anything about that. Silence. So, yeah. <laughs> it's been inter- just to prove, I mean, the Hosslu one um, looked a bit toothless today. It'll be interesting to see. I think uh, we've all been justified in how he's been playing, or at least the team plays when he's in, in um, up front. But he, I think today was probably his most ineffective game. He didn't really... Um, get involved in much of the game I think he, he was dominated in the air by Van Dijk so he didn't really um, sort of hold the play play up much I think that's where we were lacking a bit perhaps in the first half and when you were saying after 40 minutes we were thinking just see for it at half time I think that's where we, we struggled a bit today so when you were saying before about just having the one strike on the bench I mean 
you, you feel like would it be better having Mitrovic on the pitch just for a more a powerful sort of a more powerful yeah. presence up front? It's like yeah, it, and that I, I I think that's that's probably something I wouldn't agree with at the moment, but it's certainly a discussion that you could have if he wasn't a fucking idiot. Yeah, you know, like we were on the Wolves away last year, like he, Rafa felt he could keep Yedlin on the pitch yeah, today because yeah. he trusts him, mm-hmm. not so Mitrovic. Yeah, but maybe maybe things will change. But yeah, I agree with you that Hoslu was um didn't have his best game today. I'm sure he'll play against Palace and. You know what he scored against Liverpool. So. I was going to say, let's. I mean, we're not going to sort of <laughs> drop drop the guy after one average performance. We've still yeah. scored two goals in the in the game, and he, he's he's played his part. I just feel like this is his most ineffectual one. And you just think, you you hope he's again like he's had one sort of half chance where he's he's put in a terrible <laughs> shot, and you just think could we upgrade that position again? But it, again, it's something as you say, just to sort of monitor going forward, just see if he's Gets one next week, which I'm sure he will against Palace, and well, you're not going to be complaining again, are you? Yep, this is it. This is the Premier League. Um, where it's kind of well, we're back now. It's just we're we're right in the thick of it. We've got Palace and Burnley next, and you just you just got to be hoping for points there. You'd be hoping for. I don't want to put a figure on it, but one defeat in six. This team has a backbone and a resilience, and when we're coming to places like Southampton, and it feels like a defeat at the full time whistle when uh, we haven't won the game. It is only a positive thing, and uh, things have changed from the last time we were in the league in terms of the team's character, defensive ability, and also ability to play away from home. That has been the True Faith Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We're back probably Wednesday with a um, Crystal Palace preview. Um, Make sure you catch Norman, who isn't with us tonight because he's in Southampton. Make sure you catch his match report on the True Faith website. I'm sure it'll be a a good read, and uh, we will speak to you soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.